0: Welcome to the Bayshore Podcast. As listeners each week, whether through iTunes or through the church app, you're part of our church family. We would love for you to share stories of how Bayshore is impacting your life by sending us an email at amen at bayshorecc.org. As always, you can find all kinds of information and content on our website, bayshorecc.org. There's also our church app, which you could download by going to bayshorecc.org slash app. So thanks again for joining us this week, and we hope that today's message is a blessing to you. Well, good morning, Bayshore. Good to see everybody. And so good to see you. And our first-time guest is very grateful to have you guys with us. And just great to be together. How many have off tomorrow, Labor Day? How many have Monday off? Are you pumped about that? How about that? How many wish every weekend was a long weekend, huh? I talked to a lady in the first room. She said, I'm retired. Every weekend's a long weekend for me. So, like, I get that. That's amazing. Well, it's so good to see you. We're glad you're here and uh, so excited to be together. We're starting a new series today uh, called The Core, and it's about our core values. We want to welcome everybody that's here. We want to welcome everybody that's listening on our podcast and our Facebook Live. About 700 to 1,000 people listen to us on Facebook Live. Heard this morning from Barbara Moore, who is actually taking care of a relative in Pennsylvania that's been tuning in. So, Barbara, hello. It's good to see everybody here this morning. So we're talking about what the values of our church are. The next uh, The next four weeks or so, we're going to be kind of digging down to talk about why we exist as an organization, why our church is important, why we're here. And uh, if you're new to Bayshore, this is a great time for you to plug in with us. And it's so good that you're here to kind of figure out what we're about. And uh, if you've been here a long time, it's so great that you're here. So you can kind of got recast the vision, understand what we're all about. Andy Stanley says uh, that uh, vision drifts. So we hear the vision, we know what the vision is, but after a while we kind of drift away from the vision a little bit. So this series is to kind of get us focused as we come into the fall. So that's very important. So listen, uh, there's a difference, I think, between values. This series is called core, core, core Values. There's a difference between values and the actual vision or the objective of our church. And the values, basically, what a value is is something that's more important than anything else you do. It's like the most important thing that you do. It's so important. but the values uh, guide you toward your destination, what the goal is. So it's sort of like a railroad track. Here's a picture of a railroad track. Uh, think about the railroad, the rails on the railroad. Uh, the rails are the values that guide the train towards destination. So in other words, the, the rails help the train. To get to its destination or its objective, so our values—what we have as values at Bayshore—help us to reach our primary goal. What our primary goal or goals are, a very, very important part of our of our of our vision. So we think about values. Values are staked down. They're solid. They're not going anywhere. It's what we believe. It's what we do, and it's very, very important. And it helps us to get to our destination. Uh, Several years ago, I was in Germany. I got to go uh, and do some mission work in Germany, and so I was there, uh, I think, for about three weeks. And when I was in Germany, I was actually uh, doing a lot of ministry in a place called Dusseldorf. And uh, from Dusseldorf, uh, after I got done ministering there, uh, the the people I was working with put me on a train, and uh, that train went to Augsburg, a beautiful city uh, in the southern part of Germany. And uh, so I'll never forget that. It was my most favorite our favorite uh, maybe uh, ever uh, train trip and it traveled along the Rhine River and so I just was by myself and uh, had been ministering a lot so I was just chilling out and uh, here's some of the scenes I saw uh, on the Rhine River. It was all these uh, castles and these little towns and I'll never forget being on that train by myself, you know, kind of looking at these beautiful beautiful, uh, go, uh, beautiful scenes that I was uh, getting to experience as I was on the, on the, on the train there. But the train was traveling on rails, uh, a train track uh, based by rails. And the rails were going from Dusseldorf to Augsburg. So the values help you to get where you're going. And so that's what our values are. Values are not the same as vision. Values are what you do to accomplish your vision. So an important distinction there. So what is our what is our primary... Uh, Primary vision, what are we trying to do here at Bayshore? Well, here's one of the things we're trying to do, and, and this is like uh, the most important thing. This is like, this This is the destination that we're going to. Karen and I used to take uh, Amtrak up to uh, New York City from uh, from Wilmington, and we like to go to New York City. We love New York City. New York City's so much like Gumborough, so we like to go to New York. <laughs> So we, were, we went, uh, we would go to Wilmington and get on Amtrak. How many of you have ever traveled on Amtrak uh, to New York City? It's a great, great trip. You know, just jump on there and before you know it, you're in Penn Station and you pop up out of Penn Station. There's Madison Square Gardens. And uh, so we would get on that uh, Amtrak in Wilmington and the, and, the, and the train would just take us right to our destination. So what's our destination as a church? Here's our destination. Statement number one, key statement number one, is this is uh, our primary objective at Bayshore Community Church is to bring people to church so that they can meet Jesus and to help them grow in their faith so that they become like Jesus. Now, if you uh, just boil down what are we existing for, this is it. Our primary objective is at Bayshore Community Church is to bring people to church so that they can meet Jesus and to help them grow in their faith so that they become like Jesus. So that's what we exist for, to people that that don't know Jesus, people that are in our communities, that that they don't believe in Jesus, they don't know Jesus, they don't care about Jesus, and to help them meet Jesus and then to grow in Jesus so that they become like Jesus. Very, very important thing. Now, you can boil the vision down uh, to uh, about five words, I think. Uh, Meet Jesus, become like Jesus. Meet Jesus, become like Jesus. That's what it's all about. Now, some churches, they, they, they stop at the outreach part. If you look at the first part of that, that statement, the outreach part is to help people to meet Jesus. Of course, that includes people that used to walk with Jesus. Maybe they grew up in church and they went to college and lost their faith and all of that. Uh, we want to reach out to people that n- used to know Jesus and people that have never known Jesus to help them to meet Jesus. That's the outreach part. Some churches stop at that. Okay, we just want to get people to meet Jesus, to become Christians. Our vision is bigger than that. Our vision is not simply to get people to meet Jesus, but for people to grow in Jesus so they become like Jesus. And so one is instantaneous. When a person comes to church and they they hear the the message, it's clear, they put their faith in Jesus, they're baptized, that happens all at once. The second part of that happens as a process process. Becoming like Jesus is a process, very important. Some people, I think, look at the church like it's a place where you sign up to go to heaven where you sign up to go to heaven. You become a Christian. You don't want to go to that other place, so you put your faith in Jesus, so you sign up to go to heaven. And so our vision is bigger than that. Our vision is not a place where people come and they sign up to go to heaven. I'm all about heaven. I believe in heaven. My mom died a few weeks ago, so I believe in heaven. I'm looking forward to heaven and all that. But I think that the church is more about not simply getting people to go to heaven, but get heaven inside of people, and so they become people that know Jesus and become like Jesus. So that's our goal. Some people think about uh, a church sort of like they think about an airport. Have you ever been in an airport waiting for a flight? Have you ever experienced that? Isn't that incredible? You just sit there and wait. There's nothing to do. And here's a picture of people in an airport, and they're just waiting. Look at these people. They're not happy. They're not, they're, just like, they're not like into it. It's terrible. And they're just basically waiting to fly somewhere. And I think that some churches have that sort of a mentality, we're just waiting to fly somewhere. We're waiting to go to heaven one day. And we believe that our time here is not simply to wait, but to grow. Uh, Some churches have get saved and wait. Ours is get saved and grow. Say it with me. Uh, Our vision is get saved and grow. I was listening to a comedian this week, Michael Jr. I don't know if you ever heard Michael Jr. He's a Christian comedian, great guy. And Michael Jr. uh, says that Jesus stands at the door of our life like a house, and he's got an apron on, and he's got a, a bucket and a mop in one hand, and he's got cleaning supplies in the other hand, and he's coming into our house to clean our house and to make us different. So that's what we exist for. So every Sunday that you come here, some Sundays you're going to hear the gospel about Jesus, putting your faith in Jesus, but a lot of Sundays you're going to hear about how we grow, how we become different, how we live out this Christian life in the community, how we live it out in our family so that people can see that we're becoming more like Jesus. When I first came here uh, a bunch of years ago, uh, one of the, I was like 24 years old. The tr- one of the trustees of the church came to me after I'd been preaching a while, and he said... Um, he said, Pastor Dan, he said, uh, I wish you would just preach on salvation. Just preach on salvation. And uh, he said, why don't you preach on cleaning the slate? We get our, cl- our slate cleaned. And uh, he was like three times as old as I was, so I was very respectful. And I said, well, you know, I, t- I think that's so good. We should be preaching about uh, people's slate being cleaned. But I, I said, you know, my vision is for us to be able to talk to people in their real life so they can become like Jesus. So they don't just stay here but they grow from here to here, and they're more like Jesus. So I believe that as, we, as our vision is is to help people to meet Jesus and help them to grow in their faith so they become like Jesus is, a, is, is the destination. So our values lead us to that. That's very, very important. When I, was a, when I was a kid, I went to, uh, my parents took me to, to uh, Sharptown Carnival, Sharptown, Maryland. Anybody, ever been, ever, anybody in this room ever been to Sharptown Carnival? And uh, they have the best, like, oyster sandwiches there, I think. You know, it's like, they're probably not really good for you, and you'll probably die in a week or two after you eat them. But they're really good. And uh, but we used to go there and I was a little kid, I think like four years old when I first went there. And uh, and I was with my dad and my mom was there. Uh, My mom was somewhere else in the carnival. My dad went to buy some tickets. and I'm standing at this little booth Uh, where they're selling tickets and it was like also the bingo area where they had the little bingo wheel going around and the little clicking thing. And I was like a little kid, four years old. I was looking at that that, uh, bingo wheel going around and I was just like mesmerized by it. And I just stood there watching. I guess my dad forgot that he had me and he just walked off and left me there. So after a while, I looked around and my dad was gone. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm by myself. And I was crying and I had these little white shorts on and uh, dressed like a nerd, little white shorts. And I had this red and white and blue shirt on and I was walking around crying. And some of the carnival people found me, the carnival authorities, they found me, the fire company people, and they picked me up and they said, honey, what's wrong? And, and they said, what's your name? And I said, my name's Danny Tice. And they said, okay, we're gonna find your parents. And they took me to this little round area in the middle there and they got on the microphone and it says There's a little boy here little boy's got white shirts or shorts on and he's got a uh, red and blue and white shirt and he says his name is Danny Tice. if you're his parents please come and get him Well, I waited and waited. Nobody came, you know? <laughs> no, I'm not, that's not what happened at all. But they Finally, my parents came, and they were, like, hugging on me and crying. That was the best thing that ever happened to them. And they were crying, and they were so excited. And they said, Danny, we're so excited that you knew to tell them your name. Because they had trained me. If you ever get lost, tell the people your name. And so I told them my name. And my parents were like, we can't believe you told them your name. It's so wonderful. And I thought, I'm, like, four years old. Would they think I'm a moron or what? What's wrong with that? But... Wow, you knew your name. That's so wonderful, Danny. You think about people that they've been in the church 10 years, 20 years, 30 years and all they know is they're a Christian. I'm a Christian and I'm going to heaven. That's all they know. They don't know about the Bible. They don't know about growing in Jesus. They don't have a walk in the spirit and they just got stuck and they just know their name. Our vision, our vision is grander and bigger. Our vision is to help people to meet Jesus and to help people grow in their faith so they become like Jesus. And here's my goal as I, as I grow in the faith, and I am part of Bayshore. I'm a part of Bayshore as well as lead Bayshore. I'm a part of this church. This is my church. And when my mom died, you all took care of me, and this is my church. I'm a part of you. I'm, a, I'm part of the family. I'm not just a preacher. I'm, this is my church, and you love on me, and you encourage me, and I learn from you, and we're all growing in our faith, and I want to become more like Jesus. My number one goal is not to be the best preacher in the world. My number one goal in life is to become more like Jesus. Jesus, and I want to be more like Jesus, and I need to be more like Jesus. Because the other day, the cable went out on my TV, and the, and the US Open was on, and I wasn't like Jesus for a little bit. <laughs> Have you ever realized you're not like Jesus? I wasn't like Jesus, and I, I just got to be more like Jesus because I know Jesus wouldn't he'd handle it differently. So I want to be more like Jesus. So anyway, I didn't mean to confess my sins. Anybody else want to share anything right now? <laughs> But you know, I was thinking about, you know, my uh, my granddaughter Nora, she's learning to ride her bike without training wheels. Last week last night was a big thing at our house. You know, Nora's learning to ride her bike without training wheels, and we got videos, and here's a picture of her dad helping her ride her bike without training wheels. And it was so good. We got videotaped, the neighbors were lining up. It was so amazing. She did her dad, and she was like, she is such a man, she's like confident, and she was like real wobbly at first to know what she was doing, but man, she got going, her dad's running right behind her. And you know she's going to start school on tuesday and and uh i mean it's just it was a kodak moment for our family it was just incredible and i think about how you know she's learning she's growing and, and it would just be awful if she's like 35 years old and she's riding down the breakwater trail lewis and his dad her dad's running behind her you know trying to help her you know she's got to grow beyond that and we have to grow in our faith now how do we grow in our faith here's one of the ways we grow in our faith we grow in our faith through relationships, and this is the value, this is the, this is the rail on the train. We, want, we believe that Bayshore is supposed to be a relational place where people build relationships, and in the relationships through their small groups, they grow in their faith. We believe that relationships in small groups is one of the values that help us to reach our goal to become like Jesus. If we are isolated, we will not grow. There is no growth in isolation, there's only growth in connection when you're connected to people. And Andy Stanley says it so well, we learn in rows, but we grow in circles. We learn in rows, but we grow in circles when we get connected. Very, very important part of, of, our, of, our, of our vision here is we learn, as we get to know people, as we get in a small group, as we build relationships, our vision is never for people to come in, listen to a sermon, go to the car and go. We wanna, we wanna create an environment here where people uh, connect and make relationships and those relationships help them to grow because without relationships, without spiritual relationships, you cannot grow. Here's what a lot of people say, and you've heard this before, Show me your friends, and I will show you your future. Show me your friends, and I will show you your future. Who you surround yourself with determines what you will become. If you and I want to become more like Jesus, we have to surround ourselves with people who love Jesus and want to be uh, like Jesus. So when we surround ourselves with those kind of people, we are headed in that direction of becoming more like Jesus, very, very important thing. You know, if you are struggling in your marriage uh, and, and you've got to, you know, struggle in your marriage, the worst thing you can do is hang out with a bunch of people that are struggling in their marriages. I mean, you know, if you've got a bunch of people that are about ready to break up and you're struggling to keep your marriage together, I think you need to get a new set of friends. You need to get around a group of people that know how to make marriage work and hang out with those people because when you surround yourselves with the right kind of people, you become the person you want to become. So you have to get in that environment. You have to get in a, a group where people want to be like Jesus and, and, and you're surrounded with the right kind of people because the, the people you surround yourself with will determine your future. Very, very important thing. Now, here's an important thing to say as a sub-note to that. We always wanna reach out to people and have relationships with people that don't know Jesus. That's a part of our life. But our primary base of relationships, if we're growing in Christ, has to be with people who know Jesus that are helping us to become more like Jesus. Now, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, little story there. David and Goliath. You've heard that story before. Uh, I'm not sure it's fit for children to listen to. You know, it's a pretty graphic story. Uh, you know, we, we tell kids that story all the time. You read the story carefully. You know, uh, David whacks Goliath's head off, and he's running around with a blooded head around the camp. I think that's a little rough for kids. So we, I tell them to the kid, to my grandkids. So I leave some of that, that out. Nixon wants to hear about the, you know, the the, the Goliath running around the head and all that. But here's the here's a cool thing about the story. And here's what I love about the story. He killed Goliath when he, David went to kill Goliath. Uh, he went to a riverbed and he got five smooth stones. You ever thought about that? Why he got five stones? I love this part of the story. This is not the main point of today, but I love that he got five stones. And when I was a kid growing up in my dad's church, it was, you know, he got five stones because Goliath had... Four brothers, and he's going to kill the four brothers of Goliath. The evangelist would say, and we'd all jump up and down. Oh, that's just a bunch of baloney. He didn't mean that at all, but we were like jumping up and down. Oh, that's so cool! It? It's stupid. Anyhow, he got five stones because if he missed, he had another stone. And if he missed the second time. He had another stone. He missed the third time. He had another stone, he missed the fourth time, he had one more stone, he missed the fifth time, game over. And the wonderful lesson of that, how many have ever missed it in your Christian life? How many have ever, like, you're trying to serve Jesus and you just stumbled or you said something you shouldn't have said or you you weren't like a really good Christian parent or you weren't really a good Christian husband or really a good Christian friend or you didn't do right at work? How many here have ever had one of those days? Raise your hand right there. And just point at the person next to you right there, you know. <laughs> Five stone says, if you messed up, get back up. Reach in and get another stone and go for it. God is a God of grace. Are you grateful for the grace and mercy of God? His mercies are new every morning, and we cannot ever outrun his love. Can you say big amen? amen? I love that. But that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is is these five stones were in the riverbed, closely compacted together. And because they were closely compacted together, with the water running over them, these stones became smooth or perfected or mature. And they didn't have any edges on them anymore because they were closely connected together. And the river flowing over it jostled the stones until the stones became smooth. And when you're connected to other people in a group, you're connected in relationships You're like stones in the bottom of a riverbed, and the Holy Spirit moves on your relationships. He moves as you pray together. He moves as you study together. He moves as you work together, and you in those tightly connected relationships become smooth and perfected in the faith. You cannot become perfected or mature outside of relationships. And that's a high, high value in our, in our culture. And I think today, you know, today we got like, I think we long deeply for relationships. And the church needs to be a place of, of great relationships. And I think today, you know, we're like, we're like, you know, you got your smartphone out. You post something on Facebook. Do you know that the average American adult, four hours a day, four hours a day on their smartphone, four hours a day. Uh, you know, we spend almost 10 hours a day looking at screens but just your smartphone, four hours a day. And we're looking to see who likes us, and we're looking to see if they like the picture of that little thing we put on there, or if they like what we said, and we're looking for that. We're longing for relationships. But let me tell you something. I didn't say this in the first service. This is like free for you guys. You guys are like advanced level. Here we go. You know, hey, hey, this this can never replace community. This can never replace being together. We got to sit down with flesh and blood people and we gotta drink coffee and we gotta talk about Jesus and we gotta study the word we gotta get in a circle because we grow in a circle we gotta be like those stones compacted together that the Holy Spirit moves on so relationships are the value that help us to become like Jesus I can't become like Jesus by myself I must be in a community of faith and the community of faith, as the Holy Spirit moves on that community of faith, as I come to church, as I study God's Word, as I relate to people that know me, as I do that, I become more like Jesus. So here's the uh, three kinds of groups we have at Bayshore. They're in your brochure, three kinds of groups. First kind of group is service groups. Service groups, that's where we, we serve and we do something together. Uh, the host team, for instance, they meet together early Sunday morning, uh, 8.30, they're in here praying for you guys that are coming for both services, and they, we talk about how we're going to uh, encourage people today, and they come, and we hug on each other, and we tell jokes, and we laugh, and we, we meet together at 8.30, and that's a service group, and their goal is they, they get together, and they have a special thing that they're going to do. There's a group that, that's going to leave this Sunday, right after church is over, there'll be a group of people that go to our, our feeding ministry in Salisbury, there's a wagon We pull behind a big church van, and it's going to have sandwiches and soup in it, and every Sunday, rain, shine. There's a group of people, a whole bunch of people uh, that do that. They just get together, and they don't all do it every Sunday, but they have a Sunday that they do it, and they all go down there, and they serve, and they help people together. There's a a group in our church, and this is really interesting. There's a group in our church called the security team. This is like the, uh, uh, this is like the, the people, uh, I'm trying to think about the people that protect the president. What do you call that? Uh, the, uh, the, there's a name for that, right? Secret service. secret service. Secret service. We have a secret service here at Bayshore. This is the safest place you can be in Sussex County on Sunday morning. I'm telling you, we got people packing some serious stuff around here. <laughs> and they're watching What's going on? They're in the other building. And they're like, man, they've been doing this for like three years. Every time there's a, uh, there's a school shooting or something, that team calls a meeting. They get together. They look at what happened on the news. And they strategize to make sure that Bayshore is a safe place. I mean, it's amazing. And I, I'm really, really, I like this group a lot. And I'm really behind. They're one my favorite people because they carry guns. I love these people. And last Sunday, I went to a... Uh, I went to a party. They had a party, a pool party, the security team, and they were all, you know, had their bathing suits on and their sunglasses and their guns on there, and it was, uh, (laughs) took the guns off for. they threw each other in the pool, and they're just laughing and having a good time. We prayed together, and we had fun, and we ate burgers. And there are people there that are becoming more like Jesus because they're around people that are more like Jesus. And when you're around people that are like Jesus, you become more like Jesus. Say it with me. When you're around people that want to be like Jesus, you'll become more like Jesus yourself. I don't know if you did this growing up, but when I was growing up, we used to have to shell lima beans, shell lima beans. Now. Now, I, how many here have ever shelled lima beans? You have shelled lima beans. Well, I grew up on, next to my grandmother's farm, and in the summertime, my grandparents had a little, little tiny country house, no porch on the front. There was a big maple tree out front, and in the summertime, they, they planted all these lima beans, and so we picked the lima beans, and then we would put them in these, these like uh, big uh, pots. And then you'd sit under the lima bean, or sit under the uh, the maple tree in lawn chairs, and you would shell lima beans. Shell those lima beans. I mean, it like took forever. I hated lima beans. I like, man, this, we're never gonna get these lima beans shelled. I mean, it's awful. And you look, work forever getting the lima beans shelled. You get them all shelled. It's all those lima beans, in there. you're all done. You're excited. You take it and you dump it into a big pot, and then they fill your pot back up with more lima beans. And you just keep shelling and shelling, just hating lima beans. But you know what? When I look back on my life now, and I look back at that times under the maple tree, shelling lima beans with my mom, with my aunt, with my grandmother, with my grandfather, with my sisters, they didn't do a very good job. I did. I tell you what, when I think about that, shelling lima beans made me feel like part of the family. Shelling lima beans made me feel like part of the family. Say, Pastor Danny, do you like to shell lima beans today? I hate to shell lima beans today. I never learned to love to, she- to shell lima beans, but I tell you what, when you serve with people, you feel connected to the family. Say it with me. When you serve with people, you feel connected to the family. Statement number two of our church, listen to it. statement number two of our church. Uh, at Bayshore, we believe that no one should do everything, but everyone should do something. At Bayshore, we believe that no one should do everything, but everyone should do something. I met this week with a church that was having some difficulty and they're having some struggles and all of that. and. And, uh, and I met with about three or four people and they were like, oh my gosh, they were like doing everything. They were like fried. They were taking care of everything. Like four people running the whole church and they had, you know, some people, you know, some people there, but they were like doing all the work and, and I could just tell they were burnt out. And that's never God's will that any one person, you ever been in one of, part of one of those churches where you did everything? You just did everything and you're like waiting for Jesus to come just so you can get out of the church. I mean, it was just too much stuff to do. But we believe everyone, no one should do everything, but everyone should do something. And uh, so that's part of service, being a service group. Service groups. We're having this year, we're having a, uh, here's a cool thing we're having this year, we're having a, a float group. There's, you sun up here, we're gonna have, we wanna have a great Christmas float. We wanna have the best Christmas float anywhere. So if you wanna like, build a float, if you'd like to do that, hey, we'd like to, you to join the float group. And we don't want no goofy float, we want a good float. So if you'd like to be a part of serving and the float team, then you got, we, got the, uh, we got a shooting group They go out and shoot things. And that's right under the floating group, I think. And so they go out and shoot things. But here's what these fun groups do. The fun groups, they do this, they do this like thing where uh, they do th- something fun. But every group is sanctified by somebody has shares their testimony or someone uh, prays uh, in the group or someone reads a scripture. So that's an important thing. Here's second kind of group real quickly. And I'll mention the fun groups again. Second kind of group is a group where it's a devotional group where people get together and they just, uh, they just uh, you know, study a, a book, or they study the Bible. we got all of these resources. Or they watch an Annie Stanley video, or uh, R.C. Sproul video. They watch a video they talk about, it, they grow in their faith. It's a devotional group. I, the great, great picture I caught uh, last spring when I was walking through uh, the foyer. This is our one of our latest groups here, and I was just walking through the foyer one spring on the way to my office last spring, and I caught these ladies. They had just got done watching an Annie Stanley video, and then they came in here. They had talked about it, now they're praying with each other and all that. This is devotional group. We have many groups that are in our brochure that, that represent that as well. That's just such a cool thing of just studying and becoming uh, more like Christ. And I mentioned the fun groups. The fun groups are, are groups that meet for, for different things. Now, here's another kind of group. Three kind of groups. We got, we got, we got uh, service groups. We got uh, devotional groups. We got fun groups. And here's a brand new thing. This is uh, innovative groups. People that they look at the brochure and they say, You know, I don't know that, uh, you know, I don't know if, if there's any of these groups that work for me, but we got a thing uh, on our little card here that says two plus one. Here's what a group looks like. How many people you need to have to have a good group? You need three people to have a group. Three people that get together to say, Let's grow in our faith together. Um, and so, you know, two plus one. You have two friends and they invite another person. And Jesus said, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, it says in Matthew 18, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be in the midst of them. So two plus one. So if you're here today and you say, I don't think any of these groups work for me, but you know somebody that loves you and you're friends with them, and say, hey, let's start a group. we got all these resources. we got books. we got all this. Say, let's start a group. Let's meet second Tuesday, second, third Tuesday, whatever the month. Uh, let's meet for breakfast. And you know, when it says wherever two or three have gathered in my name, it doesn't say in a church. It says you can meet any time, any place, and have a place where you, you come together and grow in your faith. So I was in Starbucks in uh, Lancaster a while back, and uh, Karen and I go to Lancaster some, and uh, we were staying on Route 30 at the Country Inn and Suites, and we stay there, and then she sleeps in, and I get up in the morning and go to Starbucks, and I go to Starbucks one morning. And when I get up to go to Starbucks, there was this, uh, these two guys sitting there, and they're having a Bible study together. And at first I was a little annoyed because they were sitting in the good chairs, the leather chairs. But anyhow, I had to move over to the harder chairs and I was watching them. And these guys, I don't know what church they're a part of, but two brothers meeting around Jesus in Starbucks, growing in their faith. And I just sat there and watched them and I saw the kingdom of God. You know, this, this spring, was it this spring or earlier this year when Notre Dame caught on fire? How many remember when Notre Dame caught on fire? It was an awful thing. I mean, because I like to go to Europe and walk through cathedrals. I mean, that's one thing things I love to do. Um, and it broke my heart to see that. But let me tell you something. And uh, here's a picture of people, how they felt about Notre Dame. There's Notre Dame burning. And uh, just awful, awful. Look at these people. Look at that. And, and how, how upset they are about that terrible thing happening, which I'm upset about as well. These people are just really upset about Notre Dame building. Let me tell you something. The church that met in Starbucks between those two brothers in Lancaster that morning is just as much as the church as Notre Dame is. The church is not a building where people admire the building. A church is where People come together around the Son of God, around Jesus, and they become more like Jesus. Can you say a big amen? amen? So wherever two or three, you get two people, they, they get together at McDonald's and they get together at Starbucks, the new Starbucks coming to, to, to uh, Millsboro September 30th, can I get a big amen anyhow? You tell me God doesn't love me, I'm telling you. He's putting one right next to me, I'm telling you, it's amazing. The church is where people are gathered together, so why do you need the church? Why do you need the church? Why do you need a small group? You need it for protection and safety. You need it for protection and safety. It says in the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews is about people that were drifting away from their faith. Hebrews says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, or some are in the habit of doing, but all the more as you see the day approaching. All the more as you see the day approaching. The closer we get to the end of the age, the more intense the spiritual warfare, the more darker things are going to become in in the world, and the church is going to get better and better, but the closer we get to the end of the age, the greater the pressure, and it says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as some are in the habit of doing, but all the more as you see the day approaching, the closer we get to the end, we need to be together, we need to grow in our faith because it keeps us safe, it protects us, and it watches over us. I was listening this week to a guy named Jimmy Evans. Jimmy Evans is a, he's, he's a, one of the pastors at Gateway Church in Dallas, Texas. He's had his own church for years, a great, great communicator. Jimmy Evans says he and his family went to Africa to uh, go on a safari, and he said the first thing they do when they, you go on the safari is they take you into an office and you sign a release form. And the release form basically says, if you get killed, we're not responsible. And he said his family did that, and he said they put them in these little cabins, and they'd been riding around, they put them in these little cabins, and the cottages, and, the, and like the mess hall is a little ways away, and they said, when we put you in this house, don't you come out of the house, because at nighttime the animals come into the, into the, the, the village here. And so we'll come get you in a half an hour for dinner. And Jimmy said he waited and waited, and nobody... He came, it was like 35 minutes, and he stepped out on the porch of his house, and his wife said, will you not get back in here? And he said, I can see the cafeteria, we can make it. And she said, no way. She pulled him back in there, waited 45 minutes, nobody came, it was almost an hour, and finally, you know, he kept going out and checking, uh, and thought we could make it. And finally, he, uh, he, uh, uh, the, they came to get him, the armed guard came to get him, and he said, I'm sorry we're so late, but there was a leper right outside of your door on the other side of your house. And we had to wait until it, it went away. And uh, so he said the next day they put him in a Jeep. And it's Jeep without any roof. And it had those half doors on it. And his whole family's in the Jeep and they're riding. He said, we're riding through these, the savannah grass. And he said, we have these lions all around us. There's lions everywhere. He said, we pulled up uh, near this one tree, and there were 15 lions that had killed a buffalo. And they're there, and there are lions all around the, the jeep there. And he said to, the, he said to the, uh, the tour guide there, there's a couple of them there, he said, why don't these lions bother us? And the tour guide said, lions see differently than we see. When lions see the jeep, they see something too big to attack and it doesn't smell right and you're not threatening their food so they don't attack you because you're in the Jeep. And the tour guide said a couple years ago, we had a family here from Japan and they were all in the Jeep and the husband, because he wanted to get a better picture stepped out of the Jeep and as soon as he stepped out of the Jeep, the lions attacked him and killed him in front of his family. And Jimmy Evans says, in order for us to be safe and secure and strong in these days, we need to be in the Jeep. We need to be in the Jeep. We need to be in a spiritual family because it's the lions that get the one isolated person all by themselves, get that one person all by themselves. Yeah, they don't go to church anymore, they're not in small group, they're not connected, get all by themselves. They're like a, they're like a, le- a leopard t- chasing a gazelle. And you got the lepers that always gets the the gazelle that's all by itself. And so we need to make sure that we're in the Jeep, we're in the Jeep and we're in the family. It's also like this. The reason we need to be connected, it's like redwood trees. Redwood trees uh, start from a seed the size of a tomato seed, did you know that? Size of tomato seed. You plant a seed the size of tomato seed, and that seed becomes a redwood tree that grows 35 stories high, 350 feet high. And what's interesting about a redwood tree is, is it can survive all kinds of dry weather and it can be a drought. And the redwood tree is so tall that it's in, the top of the tree is in the fog, and so it gets the moisture from the fog and condenses it, And the water from the fog runs down the bark of the tree to the roots. But what's really interesting about a redwood tree, 350 feet high, but its root system is only five to six feet deep. So how does that happen? How does it stay strong in the storms, the winds, and everything that happens? How does it stay strong? Instead of going deep, the roots go wide and they go out some hundred feet from its base. And here's a picture of redwood trees. And they're all kind of connected because the roots go wide and the roots connect and the roots keep the tree upright. So in these days that we're living in in the crazy world that we're living in, people need to be in the Jeep. They need to be in a family that connects their roots together so they can become strong and more like Jesus. So our value, our number one value is relationships, and relationships lead us to our destination of becoming more like Jesus. We cannot become like Jesus in isolation. We only become like Jesus in community, in community. Would you lift your hands together this morning? Lord, as we begin a new season, next weekend we step into the fall season, We step into this new uh, area of ministry in our community as we start our small groups. We pray that you'll bless us as we find our way into a service group or a devotional group or a fun group where we are surrounding ourselves with a people like we want to be. We ask you to help us and guide us and direct us. We thank you for the Holy Spirit moving this fall in our church. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. I want to mention real quickly before I end here, uh, I want to mention a cool thing about these two-plus-one groups. We have a number of people in our church that have started groups on their own. Without us starting them, they come and say, hey, and they want us to kind of umbrella them and watch over them and encourage them. But we have new groups that are starting two-plus-one groups, and if you would like to start with those groups, here's a really cool one. Uh, we have Kathy Otterwall here and Barbara Labeth. Here's a picture of them. Uh, I think we have a picture of them, uh, and they're starting a new group in the Coastal Club, I, rode, I ride by that neighborhood often on the way to tennis and the way back from tennis and pray over that neighborhood. And these uh, ladies in our church are starting a, a Bible study there. We have another group that started uh, about three years ago. Uh, this is Art and Kay Fitch. They started a group in their neighborhood, and they reached out to all mostly un- uh, church people. They're in their third year. And so they took a two-plus-one approach and started uh, started those uh, those groups. So it's pretty cool to see that happen.